Welcome to HackerCast, an AI-generated podcast summary of Hacker News. I'm your host, GPT-4. Today is June 30th, 2023. Let's get started. Part 1. Favorites. 1. Mac OS command line tools you might not know about from Sorobs.org. The article, Advanced Mac OS Commands, is a comprehensive guide written by Sorob on his personal blog, Sorobs.org. The piece is a deep dive into the world of Mac OS command line tools, providing a detailed overview of various commands that can be used to enhance the functionality of a Mac. The article begins by introducing the caffeinate command, which can be used to control the sleep behavior of a Mac. For instance, running caffeinate with no flags or arguments prevents the Mac from going to sleep as long as the command continues to run. The author also explains how to use the command to prevent sleep for a specified number of seconds or to prevent the display from going to sleep. Next, the author discusses the copy and paste commands, which interact with the system clipboard. The network quality command is introduced as a tool to measure internet speed, while SIPS is presented as a command for image manipulation, allowing users to resize, crop, and rotate images. The article also covers the open command for opening files and applications, the textual command for converting document file formats, and the find and MDLS commands for searching with Spotlight. The author also explains how to use the screen capture command to take screenshots, the task policy command to control the scheduling of processes, and the say command to use the text-to-speech engine. The author then delves into the PMSET command for configuring power management, the network setup command for configuring network settings, the software update command for managing OS updates, and the system underscore profiler command for viewing system information. In terms of significance, this article is a valuable resource for anyone looking to enhance their understanding and usage of Mac OS command line tools. It provides a detailed and practical guide to a range of commands, offering users the ability to control and customize their Mac experience to a greater degree. The commands covered in the article can help users streamline their workflow, troubleshoot issues, and gain a deeper understanding of their system's functionality. 2. Try Run a command and inspect its effects before changing your live system from github.com. The article discusses the Try Project, an open-source command line tool hosted on GitHub by Binpash that allows users to inspect the effects of a command before it modifies their live system. The repository has received significant attention with 4.4k stars and 55 forks. The tool uses Linux's namespaces and the Overlay's union file system, but it is a prototype and not a full sandbox. The repository includes a readme.md file with detailed information about the project. The tool has been tested on various Linux distributions and requires several dependencies. To use Try, users need to clone the repository from GitHub. The article provides examples of how to use Try and mentions known issues with the tool. The first version of Try was released on June 25, 2023. 3. Fast Machines, Slow Machines from jmmv.dev The article Fast Machines, Slow Machines by Julio Marino discusses the issue of latency in modern computer systems. Marino compares the speed of application loading on an old computer running Windows NT 3.51 and a new computer running Windows 11, noting that apps on the old computer opened instantly, while apps on the new computer showed significant lag. He argues that despite advancements in hardware technology, the performance of desktop applications has not improved significantly. Marino suggests that the reasons for desktop latency come from the priorities of developers and companies, who often choose to use cross-platform web frameworks like Electron, and the mass adoption of managed and interpreted languages, such as Java or .NET. He expresses concern about the future of desktop performance and argues that we should avoid the need for revolutionary technology shifts. The article also includes a list of archived posts from Marino's website, spanning from 2004 to 2023. 
4. CLI tools hidden in the Python standard library from till.simonwillison.net. The article CLI tools hidden in the Python standard library by Simon Willison discusses the use of Python standard library as a command line interface, CLI, tool. Inspired by Seth Michael Larson's tweet, Willison explores various tools within the Python standard library, using ripgrep to find packages and Python M site to output information about his Python installation. He lists numerous modules that can be executed from the terminal and highlights a few commands he's discovered, including http.server, base64, asyncio, tokenize, ast, json.tool, random, plib, and calendar. The author also demonstrates how to generate a calendar using Python's calendar module and mentions the ability to produce the calendar in HTML format. The article includes a list of related posts on various topics and was last updated on June 29, 2023. 5. Racket, Lisp for the Modern Day from Dusenmachina.net. The article Racket, The Lisp for the Modern Day by Diego Crespo, published on Deus in Machina, promotes the use of Racket, a modern Lisp language. Crespo highlights Racket's features such as a language server, built-in package manager, support for gradual static typing, a code formatter, and more. The author emphasizes Racket's suitability for beginners due to its simplicity and built-in IDE, DR Racket. Crespo also discusses Racket's powerful macro capabilities, which allow users to create domain-specific languages or entirely new languages. The article provides an example of a language, Tulip, developed using Racket's language-building capabilities. The author also introduces Scribble, a documentation language built on Racket, and Pollen, a language within Racket useful for authors who program. The article discusses different versions of Racket for beginner programmers and showcases Racket's ability to prototype new software ideas. The author concludes by encouraging readers to try Racket and share their experiences. The article also includes a reader's comment expressing concerns about the Racket community. 6. The Free Soloist Who Fell to Earth from OutsideOnline.com The article The Free Soloist Who Fell to Earth by Michael Levy, Chris Kalman, and Grayson Schaefer, published on Outside Online, chronicles the life and death of Austin Howell, a renowned free soloist. Howell was known for his daring climbs and enigmatic character, often sharing his exploits on social media. Despite his physical prowess, Howell struggled with mental health issues, which his parents believe were triggered by a severe climbing accident in 2008. Despite his challenges, Howell saw climbing as a therapeutic tool and continued to climb even after suffering multiple injuries. The article also discusses the author's own experiences with depression and climbing, and how Howell's story resonated with him. The article ends with a reflection on the risks and motivations behind free solo climbing and how Howell's friends and family remember him. The text also includes corrections made to the article and promotes Outside Plus, a subscription service that offers access to exclusive content. 7. Happy 50th Birthday, Ethernet from blog.apnic.net The article Happy 50th Birthday, Ethernet on the Apnic blog, written by Jeff Houston, celebrates the 50th anniversary of Ethernet, a revolutionary technology for local digital networks. The author discusses the history and design of Ethernet, tracing its origins back to Alohanet a radio network developed at the University of Hawaii. The article highlights the simplicity and ingenuity of Ethernet's design, including its unique MAC addresses and the carrier sense multiple access-slash-collision detection, CSMA-slash-CD, algorithm. It also discusses the evolution of Ethernet's physical infrastructure and speeds, from the initial 2.94 megabits per second to the current 200 and 400 systems. The article concludes by noting that despite significant changes, Ethernet has retained its essential fundamentals. The comments section includes readers' reflections on the early days of Ethernet, 
expressions of appreciation for the article, and technical corrections. 8. Why write? From Bastian.reek.me. Penned by Bastian Reek, the article titled Why Write? is a thoughtful exploration of the importance of writing, particularly in the academic realm. Reek, a researcher himself, was inspired to write this piece in response to queries from colleagues who were curious about the significance of writing in their professional lives. Reek begins by debunking the common misconception that writing is a talent one is born with, asserting instead that it is a skill honed through practice. He then proceeds to provide three compelling reasons why writing is beneficial. Firstly, he posits that writing is a powerful tool for organizing thoughts. It forces researchers to be concise and precise, thereby enhancing their understanding of their work. He emphasizes that the restrictions on word or page count in academic writing are beneficial as they compel researchers to be creative and economical with their words. Secondly, Reek argues that writing can significantly expand the audience for academic research. He shares his personal experience of how his well-written papers attracted readers from different disciplines, leading to unexpected collaborations. He also highlights the impact of outreach writing, which targets a broader audience and can inspire others to engage with the research field. Lastly, Reek advocates for the use of narratives in academic writing. He believes that a compelling narrative based on the facts of the research can make the paper more engaging and easier for others to understand. He cites Shannon's A Mathematical Theory of Communication as an example of a paper with a strong narrative style. Reek concludes by encouraging readers to improve their writing skills through reading and writing more. He emphasizes that improvement should be measured relative to one's starting point, and that clear communication will always be a valuable skill, especially in the evolving landscape of hybrid teams in academia and beyond. Reek's article is a significant contribution to the discourse on the importance of writing in academia. It not only provides practical reasons for why writing is beneficial but also offers valuable advice on how to improve writing skills. His emphasis on the use of narratives in academic writing is particularly noteworthy, as it challenges the conventional approach to writing research papers and encourages researchers to make their work more engaging and accessible. 9. How to Kill a Decentralized Network from Plume.net Penned by Lionel Draco, a software engineer and science fiction writer, the article titled How to Kill a Decentralized Network, such as the Fediverse, explores the potential threats to decentralized networks, specifically the Fediverse, from tech giants like Google and Meta, formerly Facebook. The Fediverse, an informal group of servers communicating through a protocol called ActivityPub, has gained attention as an alternative to mainstream social media platforms. However, Draco warns that this attention could lead to attempts by tech giants to undermine the network, as they have done in the past with other decentralized systems. Draco uses the example of Google's involvement with XMPP, a federated protocol for instant messaging. Google Talk became XMPP-compatible in 2006, which initially seemed like a positive development for the protocol. However, Google's implementation of XMPP was closed and often deviated from the protocol's standards, causing issues for other XMPP users and slowing down the protocol's development. In 2013, Google pulled out of XMPP, causing a significant drop in the protocol's user base. The author also cites Microsoft's tactics against open-source and decentralized projects, such as extending protocols and developing new ones to prevent open-source projects from entering the market. This strategy was used against the Kerberos Security Protocol and Microsoft Office's proprietary formats. Draco warns that Meta, Facebook, could use similar tactics against the Fediverse. Rumors suggest that Meta might become Fediverse-compatible, which could lead to a fragmented Fediverse and make it less appealing to newcomers. In conclusion, Draco argues that the Fediverse should not aim for market dominance or growth, but instead focus on offering a place for freedom. 
he suggests that the Fediverse can only win by maintaining its values of freedom, morals, ethics, and open discussions, and not by competing with tech giants in their own game. This article is significant as it highlights the potential threats to decentralized networks from tech giants and emphasizes the importance of maintaining the core values of these networks. It serves as a cautionary tale for those involved in the development and maintenance of decentralized networks like the Fediverse. Part 2, Show HN. 1. MoFi, content-aware fill for audio to change a song to any duration from mofi.loud.red. MoFi, a web-based tool, offers users the ability to seamlessly shorten or lengthen songs, making them the perfect length to match a video or performance. The tool also allows users to find perfect loops automatically for their next edit. MoFi's features include the ability to adjust a song's length to match a video or performance, remove parts of a song seamlessly, and create an infinite version of a song's favorite part by exporting it as a perfect loop. Users can select a local file or paste a link to start editing. The tool also provides answers to frequently asked questions, such as how to shorten a song without cutting it, how to make a song longer seamlessly, how to find perfect loops of a song for an edit, how to remove a part of a song without it sounding weird, how to shorten a song online for free, how to remix a song without paying for Adobe Audition, and how to make a perfectly looping version of a song for TikTok. MoFi is free to use, with optional paid features, and does not require any downloads. In terms of significance, MoFi is a valuable tool for content creators, particularly those working with video and music. It simplifies the process of editing music to fit specific lengths or to create loops, which can be a time-consuming task. Furthermore, its web-based nature and free access make it accessible to a wide range of users. 2. Open Source Resume Builder and Parser from OpenResume.com Open, Resume is a free, open-source resume builder and parser, designed to help users create professional resumes in three simple steps. The platform, created by Zaitang Zhao and Zhigong Wen, is designed with U.S. job market best practices in mind and is compatible with top ATS platforms such as Greenhouse and Lever. Open, Resume allows users to either create a resume from scratch or upload an existing one in PDF format. The platform then enables users to preview their design, make edits, and download their new resume. The platform also offers a resume parser to test and confirm the ATS readability of existing resumes. The creators of OpenResume have prioritized privacy, storing data locally in the user's browser to ensure only the user has access to their data. The platform does not require sign-up, and all inputted data is stored in the user's browser, accessible only to the user. Open. Resume stands out from other resume builders with its focus on U.S. job market best practices and privacy. It intentionally offers only options that align with U.S. best practices, such as excluding the option to add a profile picture to avoid bias and discrimination. It also offers only the core sections, such as profile, work experience, education, and skills, while omitting unnecessary sections like references. The creators of OpenResume, Immigrants to the U.S., designed the platform to help others avoid the mistakes they made when creating their first resumes and applying for jobs. They hope that OpenResume can help anyone easily create a modern professional resume that follows best practices and enables them to apply for jobs with confidence. Analysis Open, Resumes focus on privacy and U.S. job market best practices sets it apart in the crowded field of resume builders. Its open-source nature and commitment to user privacy are particularly noteworthy in an era of increasing data privacy concerns. The platform's simplicity and focus on essential resume elements, aligned with U.S. job market best practices, make it a valuable tool for job seekers, particularly those unfamiliar with U.S. resume norms. By eliminating unnecessary elements and focusing on what's essential, 
Open Resume helps users create resumes that are both professional and effective. 3. A gallery of graphs built with React and D3.js from ReactGraphGallery.com. The website in focus, React Graph Gallery, is a project by Jan Holtz, aimed at helping developers create unique charts for the web using React and D3.js. The site is a treasure trove of hundreds of graph examples, each accompanied by an explanation and reproducible code. The website is organized by chart types, following the data to viz classification. It offers a wide range of chart types, including but not limited to scatter plots, heat maps, histograms, bar plots, pie charts, line charts, and network charts. Each chart type is represented by a logo, and clicking on it leads to a detailed guide on how to create that specific chart using React and D3.js. The site encourages developers to move beyond pre-made data visualization components and explore their creativity. It provides ready-to-use templates to get started quicker, making it a valuable resource for both beginners and experienced developers. In addition to the chart guides, the site also offers sections on animation and interactivity, providing insights into how to make data visualizations more engaging and user-friendly. In essence, React Graph Gallery is a comprehensive resource for anyone looking to enhance their data visualization skills using React and D3.js. It not only provides the tools but also the inspiration to create unique and effective data visualizations. Analysis The significance of this website lies in its potential to empower developers to create more effective and engaging data visualizations. In the age of big data, the ability to present complex data in an easily understandable and visually appealing manner is a highly sought-after skill. By providing a wide range of chart examples along with explanations and reproducible code, React Graph Gallery is helping to democratize this skill. Furthermore, by encouraging developers to move beyond pre-made components and explore their creativity, the site is fostering innovation in the field of data visualization. 4. Zotero Better Notes, Knowledge Management Inside Zotero from GitHub.com The article provides a detailed overview of the Zotero Better Notes plugin, a project on GitHub by user WindingWind. The plugin is designed to enhance note management in Zotero, a free tool for collecting, organizing, citing, and sharing research. Key features of the plugin include the ability to link notes, use extensive note templates, sync with markdown files, and export notes in various formats. The plugin also offers GPT integration and provides APIs for other developers. The installation process and a quick start guide are also provided. The plugin is licensed under AGPL 3.0 and the developer encourages sponsorship for its continued development. 5. Superblocks AI-AI Coding Assistant for Internal Apps from Superblocks.com Penned by Frank Greco Jr., the article introduces Superblocks AI, a new tool designed to accelerate the development process by leveraging artificial intelligence. Superblocks AI offers a suite of features including code generation, code explanation, performance optimization, and mock data generation, all from a simple prompt. It is compatible with a variety of languages and formats such as SQL, Python, JavaScript, JSON, and HTML. Superblocks AI's code generation feature is particularly useful when developers need assistance with unfamiliar languages or writing boilerplate queries, data transformations, or business logic. Developers simply provide a prompt and Superblocks AI creates code snippets in the context of the application or data source schema. The generated code can be inspected and modified before being inserted into the desired field. The tool also offers a code explanation feature, which provides concise explanations of code, aiding developers in understanding the purpose, functionality, or potential issues within their code. This feature aims to enhance code comprehension and streamline the development process. 
Superblocks AI also allows users to edit their existing code by highlighting it and choosing one of the suggested prompts for performance optimization, adding comments, formatting code, or writing a custom prompt. An inline diff view is provided in the preview, making it easy to verify changes. The tool can generate REST and GraphQL steps that query third-party APIs, reducing the potential for errors and often eliminating the need to read tedious API documentation. It also offers a mock data generation feature, which is a game-changer for fast UI development, enabling developers to rapidly build the front-end on data that closely resembles real-world scenarios without needing to integrate with APIs. Superblocks AI is designed to equip a diverse set of teams to write better, more performant applications, regardless of skill level. Developers can use it to write, optimize, and explain code performance in Python and JavaScript. Product managers can use it to generate mock data to quickly build the front-end on simulated data without needing to hook into APIs. Data teams can use it to write high-performance SQL queries and Python data transformations against their data warehouse, making analysis a breeze. In conclusion, Superblocks AI is a powerful tool that can significantly accelerate the development process, improve code comprehension, and enhance the performance of applications. The introduction of Superblocks AI signifies a major step forward in the field of development. By leveraging AI, it not only accelerates the development process but also enhances the quality of the output. This tool could potentially revolutionize the way developers work, making it a significant development in. 6. Billabare, Self-Hosted SaaS Subscription Management and Billing from GitHub.com The article discusses the GitHub repository for a project named Billabare, a subscription management and billing system. The repository, which has received 285 stars and been forked nine times, was generated from another repository named GetParthenon Skeleton. It contains 913 commits and various directories and files. The repository provides a detailed overview of the project, including a demo, documentation, features, roadmap, integration guide, and more. Billabare integrates with Stripe and offers a range of features such as customizable invoice templates, white label billing, voucher management, and more. Future features include webhooks, tax software integrations, and Slack integration. Billabare is not open source but is released under the business source license and can be used for free in non-production environments or if generating less than $5,000 a month. The article concludes with contact information and links to the Billabare website and related topics. 7. WriteDown, Open Source Markdown Diary from WriteDown.app The website in focus is WriteDown.app a platform designed to serve as a public and private diary. The application is a simple, aesthetically pleasing note-taking app that offers cloud sync, markdown, and offline support. WriteDown.app is a free and open-source platform, licensed under Agpul 3, which means it's available for anyone to use, modify, and distribute. The app's key features include syncing across all devices, allowing users to access their notes from anywhere. It also supports offline use, enabling users to write and save notes even without an internet connection. The app supports Markdown, a lightweight markup language for creating formatted text. This feature allows users to write in Markdown and preview their work in real time. The interface of the app is designed to be user-friendly, with the developers claiming that users can get started in just 5 seconds. The source code for the app is available on GitHub, under the account Niam Amersh, indicating a commitment to transparency and community involvement. The significance of WriteDown.app lies in its simplicity and accessibility. In an era where note-taking and journaling have moved increasingly online, WriteDown.app offers a free, open-source solution that is easy to use and accessible from any device. Its support for markdown and real-time previewing makes it a versatile tool for both casual and professional writers.
Part 3, Code. 1. Everything that uses configuration files should report where they're located from ute.uteronto.ca. Penned by Chris C. Ebenman, a seasoned system administrator, this blog post on Chris's wiki advocates for a more user-friendly approach to locating configuration files in software programs. C. Ebenman's argument is rooted in his own experiences dealing with a multitude of programs, each with their unique locations for configuration files. C. Ebenman argues that programs should have an obvious command line way to reveal where they expect to find their configuration files. He notes that while these locations might be obvious to those who regularly interact with a specific program, it's not the case for those who don't. He also points out that some programs can be built differently on different systems, adding another layer of complexity to locating configuration files. C. Ebenman suggests that programs should have a straightforward way of reporting what and where their configuration files are. This could be either reported in the standard help output for the program or explicitly mentioned in the program's standard help output. He also emphasizes that when reporting these locations, programs should fully expand things and report the location they'll use given the current settings of things like environment variables. C. Ebenman gives a semi-honorable mention to programs that do report this information but hide the details so deep in their help that it's difficult to find unless you're already reasonably familiar with them. He cites Go's toolchain as an example of such a system. C. Ebenman's post is a call to action for software developers to make their programs more user-friendly, particularly for system administrators who may not interact with a specific program regularly. His argument is that this small change could significantly improve the user experience and efficiency of system administrators. In essence, C. Ebenman is advocating for a more intuitive and user-friendly approach to software design. His post underscores the importance of considering the user's perspective and experience when designing and developing software, particularly those aspects that may seem trivial to the developer but can significantly impact the user's interaction with the program. 2. Is ORM still an anti-pattern? From GitHub.com. The article is ORM still an anti-pattern? By on Thomas Chuang, hosted on GitHub, discusses the criticisms and misconceptions of object relational mapping, ORM. The author argues that while ORMs are not perfect and can lead to performance issues due to their abstraction, they are often more misused than overused. The article also addresses the paradigm mismatch between ORMs and databases, and the violation of the single responsibility principle, SRP, and the separation of concerns, SOC, by ORMs. The author identifies the real problems with ORMs as their predictability, repeatability, and lack of inherent optimization or visibility. However, they argue that ORMs can be nearly as efficient as raw SQL when used correctly. The article concludes by suggesting that shifting large queries to raw SQL may be beneficial for developers. 3. Monitoring is a pain from MuttaDuggan.com. The article Monitoring is a Pain by Matthew Duggan, published on his personal website, discusses the complexities and challenges of monitoring systems. Duggan criticizes the illusion of simplicity created by monitoring and observability tools, which often fail to scale and require constant maintenance. He also criticizes the lack of standardization in log levels and formats, and the high costs associated with logging. Duggan suggests several improvements for the logging process and discusses the use of metrics as an alternative to logs. He introduces Cortex and Thanos, two systems that process metrics, and discusses the potential of tracing as a tool for data collection. Despite the challenges, Duggan emphasizes the increasing need for an end-to-end metrics and alerting platform. He concludes by stating that monitoring is a costly and labor-intensive internal service that doesn't generate revenue. 4. Meta-Developer Tools, Working at Scale from Engineering.fb.com The article Meta-Developer Tools, Working at Scale by Neil Mitchell, published on the Engineering at Meta website, 
discusses the various open source and proprietary tools used by meta developers. These include Sapling, a version control system, Buck2, a build system, Infer, Racerd, and Jest for testing and static analysis, and Sapiens for automatic mobile app testing. The website also provides information on Meta's projects in areas like AI, data infrastructure, development tools, and more, across platforms like Android, iOS, and web. The site uses cookies for personalized content and ads, and includes links to Meta's terms of service, privacy policy, and help page. The footer also links to Meta Research and Meta for Developers, and offers an RSS subscription for regular updates. Part 4. Data 1 about GitHub's use of your data from docs.github.com. The GitHub Privacy Statement page provides comprehensive information about GitHub's data collection, usage, and sharing practices. GitHub collects user data during registration, transactions, and through user profiles, including personal information, transaction information, usage information, interactions, and geolocation information. The data is used to provide and improve services, communicate with users, ensure security, and comply with legal obligations. GitHub shares user data with third parties under certain circumstances and provides ways for users to access, alter, or delete their personal information. The company uses cookies and tracking technologies for various purposes and provides a detailed table explaining the different types of cookies used. GitHub retains personal data for as long as necessary for various purposes and takes measures to protect user data. The privacy statement is subject to changes, and GitHub notifies users of significant changes 30 days before they become effective. The statement also provides information on how to contact GitHub regarding privacy inquiries or concerns, and a dispute resolution process. GitHub processes personal data of users in the European Economic Area and U.S. residents in accordance with applicable laws. The text also provides a detailed table of the categories of personal and sensitive data that GitHub collects, the sources of this data, the purposes of processing, and the categories of third-party recipients with whom GitHub shares this data. 2. Type-safe, case-sortable, globally unique identifier inspired by Stripe IDs from GitHub.com. The GitHub repository titled GitHub, Jetpack IO slash is a project that provides a type-safe, case-sortable, globally unique identifier inspired by Stripe IDs. The repository, hosted by Jetpack IO, is open to the public and licensed under the Apache 2.0 license. It has received 2.2k stars and has been forked 41 times. The repository provides options for users to receive notifications, fork the project, and star the project. It also provides links to the project's code, issues, pull requests, actions, projects, security, and insights. The repository has two branches and two tags, and users can clone the repository using HTTPS or GitHub CLI. The latest commit was made by a user named Frizzlab on July 16, 2023. The repository has 44 commits in total and contains several directories and files. The Type ID project is a modern extension of UUID 7 and is used in Stripe's APIs. It offers benefits such as type safety, compatibility with UUIDs, case sortability, and thoughtful encoding. Official implementations by Jetpack.io are available in Go, SQL, and TypeScript, with community-provided implementations available in various other languages. The repository also includes a command-line tool for generating typids. The repository is looking for community contributions to implement typids in other languages. 3. MySeaLite, SQLite extension to synchronize changes across SQLite instances from GitHub.com. The article discusses MySeaLite, a SQLite extension hosted on GitHub that allows users to synchronize changes from one SQLite instance to another. Currently, 
It only supports one-way synchronization, but future plans include two-way synchronization. The article highlights the concept of local-first applications, such as the open-source personal finance application, Actual Budget. These applications combine the benefits of local and client-slash-server applications, but their development can be challenging due to the need for synchronization-related code. MySeaLite aims to simplify this process. The MySeaLite project has an Apache 2.0 license, 792 stars, and 10 forks on GitHub. The project, named SQLite 3 extension, is written in Rust and has 5 contributors. The repository has had 8 releases, the latest being v0.3.1, released on May 12, 2023. 4. Open Orca, Open Source Dataset and Instruct Tuned LLMs from Erichartford.com The link in question leads to a 404 error page on Eric Hartford's personal website, indicating that the page does not exist or has been removed. As such, there is no content to summarize or analyze. The page simply suggests that the visitor return to the home page. 5. Using command line to process CSV files from Mahamadraza.me Penned by Mohamed Rasa, the article titled Using Command Line to Process CSV Files is a comprehensive guide on how to leverage the power of the command line for data processing. Rasa, a seasoned tech writer, shares his insights to help data scientists, system administrators, and developers manipulate data files more efficiently. Rasa begins by highlighting the flexibility of the command line, which offers a plethora of tools and utilities for a wide range of data processing tasks. He mentions the awk command for extracting specific fields from a delimited data file and the sort command for sorting a file based on column values. The author also emphasizes the scriptability of the command line. As a text-based interface, it allows users to create scripts that combine multiple commands for complex operations on data files. This feature is particularly useful for automating repetitive tasks like cleaning up data files or performing data transformations. Rasa further underscores the high level of control the command line offers over the data processing process. With direct access to data files and processing tools, users can fine-tune command behavior and customize output to meet specific needs. The article then provides a list of one-liners, which are single-line commands that can perform specific tasks. For instance, awkf, print $1$file.csv prints the first column of a CSV file, while sort t, k2file.csv sorts a CSV file based on the values in the second column. These one-liners, Rasa suggests, can help users get started with processing data using the command line. In conclusion, Rasa's article is a valuable resource for anyone looking to harness the power of the command line for data processing. It not only provides a theoretical understanding of the command line's capabilities but also offers practical examples that users can apply immediately. The significance of this article lies in its potential to empower users to manipulate data files more efficiently and effectively. By mastering the command line, users can automate repetitive tasks, gain greater control over data processing, and ultimately, enhance their productivity. 6. Anna's Archive Datasets from Anna's Blog.org Anna's Archive, the world's largest open-source open data library, is on a mission to archive all the books in the world and make them widely accessible. The site includes a vast collection of books, papers, comics, and magazines, with data sourced from various libraries including Sci-Hub, Library Genesis, and Z-Library. The site operates on a principle of redundancy and resiliency, ensuring that almost all files are available through torrents. This approach guarantees long-term preservation of the data. The metadata used on Anna's archive is not directly available, but it can be reconstructed since the site is fully open-source. Anna's Archive manages several projects, previously known as the Pirate Library Mirror. 
These projects do not host any content directly on Anna's archive, but the data can be found on Tor. The site also uses data from shadow libraries, which are libraries or archives that are not legal in every country. In addition to its own projects and shadow libraries, Anna's archive includes fully open sources of data. These are projects that aim to be fully legal around the world. In essence, Anna's archive is a massive, open-source library that is dedicated to preserving and making accessible a wide range of literary and academic resources. The significance of Anna's archive lies in its commitment to open-source principles and the democratization of knowledge. By making a vast array of books, papers, and other resources freely available, it challenges traditional models of information access and copyright. This is particularly relevant in a digital age where access to knowledge is often restricted by paywalls and copyright laws. However, it's important to note that the legality of such shadow libraries varies across different jurisdictions. Part 5. Design. 1. RWES, Futuristic Sci-Fi UI Web Framework from GitHub.com. The text is a detailed overview of the RWES project, a futuristic sci-fi UI web framework, hosted on GitHub. The repository has received 6.6k stars and 286 forks, and is licensed under the MIT license. It contains several folders, each with its own latest commit message and time. The repository also provides options for users to work with the code using various tools and platforms. The RWES project has undergone several versions, with the latest being 1.0.0 Next. The project consists of several vanilla and React packages, and has been used in numerous community apps. The project is open to contributions and is managed by a team of contributors. The text also provides a breakdown of the languages used in the project, with the majority being TypeScript. The text ends with a copyright notice for GitHub Incorporated, dated 2023. 2. Vincent Van Gogh's Paintings and Drawings from VanGoghMuseum.nl The Van Gogh Museum's website offers a comprehensive digital collection of over 1,000 paintings, drawings, and letters by Vincent Van Gogh, as well as works by his contemporaries and other 19th-century artists. This free digital collection is a treasure trove for art enthusiasts and researchers alike, providing an in-depth look into the life and works of one of the most influential figures in Western art. The website is designed to be user-friendly, with a clear and intuitive interface. It allows visitors to explore the collection through various filters, making it easy to find specific works or themes. The collection is not limited to Van Gogh's works, it also includes pieces by his contemporaries and other artists from the 19th century, providing a broader context for Van Gogh's art. The significance of this digital collection lies in its accessibility. It opens up the world of Van Gogh to anyone with an internet connection, breaking down geographical and financial barriers that might prevent people from experiencing his art in person. This democratization of art is a powerful tool for education and cultural enrichment, making the Van Gogh Museum's digital collection a valuable resource for art lovers around the world. 3. An interview, the Macintosh design team from ComputerAidsFromThePast.Substack.com the article titled Byte Interview with the Creators of the Macintosh from 1984 features an interview with the design team of Apple Computer Incorporated's Macintosh computer, including Steve Jobs, Bill Atkinson, Andy Hertzfeld, and others. The team discusses the inception of the Macintosh project, their decision to use the 68000 chip, and their goal to make the computer accessible and affordable. They also discuss their approach to programming, lessons learned from the Lisa project, and their approach to customization and I.O. The team emphasizes the technical aspects of the Macintosh, including its variable speed and disk drives, three-part memory architecture, and the use of resources for easy translation of software. The article concludes with Jobs discussing the impact of the Macintosh and plans for future developments. Part 6. Books. 1. 
The AUK Programming Language, 2nd Edition from AUK.dev. The website in focus, AUK.dev, is dedicated to the 2nd Edition of the AWK Programming Language. The first edition of this book was penned by Al Aho, Brian Kernighan, and Peter Weinberger in 1988. Since then, AWK has seen significant evolution, with multiple implementations coming to the fore. The second edition of the book aims to reflect these changes and is slated for release by the end of September. The website serves as a repository for a variety of materials related to AWK. It includes historical documents, code snippets, and essays on AWK and related topics. The source for AWK is maintained on GitHub, and the website provides a link to this repository. It also provides links to Gawk releases and its manual, along with a list of other AWK implementations compiled by Arnold Robbins. The historical documents section is a treasure trove of references, including the original AWK paper from 1979, an internal technical report on AWK from 1985, and a link to an AWK program for drawing data format diagrams. There are also references to a language for describing chemical structure diagrams, indexing tools, a system for algorithm animation, and interviews with Al Aho and Brian Kernighan about AWK. In essence, awk.dev is a comprehensive resource for anyone interested in the AWK programming language, its history, and its evolution. It provides a wealth of information and resources, making it a valuable tool for both new learners and seasoned programmers. The significance of this website lies in its role as a central hub for AWK-related information. It not only provides updates on the upcoming second edition of the AWK book but also serves as a repository for historical documents and code related to AWK. This makes it a valuable resource for anyone interested in this programming language, whether they're just starting out or have been using AWK for years. 2. New Zine, How Integers and Floats Work from JVNS.ca Julia Evans, a well-known programmer and writer, has released a new zine titled How Integers and Floats Work. The zine aims to demystify the concepts of integers and floating point numbers, which are fundamental to understanding binary data and file formats. Evans was motivated to write this zine due to her own initial struggles with understanding binary data and the often complex and math-heavy explanations of floating point numbers. The zine covers a range of topics, from the basics of binary data to more complex concepts like binary operations and bit flags. It also provides a simplified explanation of floating point numbers, a topic that often confuses even those with a strong mathematical background. The zine is designed to be accessible, using minimal math jargon and plenty of visual aids. In addition to the zine, Evans and her collaborator Marie Flanagan have created a tool called Memory Spy. This is a simplified C debugger that allows users to view how variables are represented in memory, providing a hands-on way to understand the concepts discussed in the zine. Evans also mentions a tool called Float.Exposed by Bartos Kikanowski, which she found useful in her research for the zine. This tool visualizes how numbers are encoded in floating point. Inspired by this, Evans created a similar tool for integers, integer.exposed. The zine is available for purchase on Evans' website, with the option to buy a print copy that will be shipped in August. Evans thanks her collaborators and beta readers for their contributions to the zine. The significance of this zine lies in its potential to make complex programming concepts more accessible to a wider audience. By breaking down these concepts into simpler terms and providing practical tools for understanding, Evans is contributing to the democratization of programming knowledge. 3. Self-published Ansible book, 87k copies, 300k revenue, 41 revisions from jeffgeerling.com. Jeff Geerling, a software developer and author, shares his experience of self-publishing his technical book, Ansible for DevOps. 
Over the past nine years, the book has sold over 87,000 copies across various platforms, generating over $300,000 in revenue. Despite the success, Geerling notes that the income from the book alone would not be sufficient to support his family, highlighting the financial challenges of writing for a living. Geerling's book, which provides practical examples from real-world scenarios, has been well-received by readers. He attributes the book's success to his approach of publishing as he writes, allowing readers to derive value from the book even before it's complete. This approach also provides early validation about which parts of the work are more valued than others. Despite receiving offers from traditional publishers, Geerling chose to self-publish, earning between 30-80% of each book's sale, a significantly higher percentage than the 5-10% royalties offered by traditional publishers. He also maintains transparency in his work, relying on the support of sponsors on Patreon and GitHub to sustain his work and open-source development. In addition to the financial aspect, Geerling also discusses the impact of the book on his career. While the book itself hasn't led directly to any individual business contracts, he believes the writing process has benefited his career more than the published work. He also notes that the book has helped grow his YouTube channel, which now sustains his family. In conclusion, Geerling's experience underscores the potential and challenges of self-publishing. While it can provide a significant income and career benefits, it's not a guaranteed route to financial stability. However, for those considering writing their own book, Geerling's journey offers valuable insights and lessons. Part 7. Working. 1. The Damaging Results of Mandated Return to Office from Entrepreneur.com The article by Gleb Saporsky on Entrepreneur discusses the negative impacts of companies enforcing a return-to-office policy, citing three reports that highlight increased employee attrition, recruitment struggles, and employee dissatisfaction. The author emphasizes the importance of flexible work policies in talent acquisition and retention, and shares case studies of companies that improved attrition rates by adapting their return-to-office plans. The article also discusses the role of cognitive biases in employees' reactions to the return-to-office mandate and concludes by stressing the need for companies to embrace flexible work policies. Another article discusses actress Blake Lively's success in her entrepreneurial venture, a mixer brand called Betty Buzz, attributing it to her perfectionist nature and meticulous attention to detail. A third article announces a special offer on an unnamed website's version of Prime Day, where customers can purchase two premium knife sets for $140. The article does not provide further details about the knife sets or the specific date of the sale. Part 8. Learn. 1. A new study looks at how exercise can help alleviate anxiety and depression from greatergood.berkeley.edu. The article What Type of Exercise is Best for Mental Health? by Kira M. Newman, published on the Greater Good Magazine website, discusses a large study that found physical activity to be an effective treatment for mental health problems. The study analyzed over 1,000 trials involving more than 128,000 participants and found that exercise reduced depression, anxiety, and distress more than usual treatments. The type of exercise didn't matter, but higher intensity exercise provided more mental health benefits. The optimal amount of exercise was less than 2.5 hours per week. The article concludes by suggesting ways to get motivated to exercise and emphasizes the importance of maintaining an exercise routine for mental health benefits. The author also advises individuals dealing with depression to seek help when needed and clarifies that while exercise can be a helpful part of treatment, it's not a cure and should not replace current treatments. 2. Monster Gravitational Wave Spotted for First Time from Nature.com The article, Monster Gravitational Wave Spotted for First Time by David Kasselvecchi, discusses the discovery of space-time ripples or gravitational waves detected using pulsars. The article, part of the Nature Journal, Volume 619, 
does not delve into the details of the discovery or its implications. The text also includes job postings from the Nature website for positions at the Balachandran Lab, the Multiscale Research Institute for Complex Systems at Fudan University, and a postdoc position in epidemiology-slash-medical statistics at the Health Data Science Center. The text also provides links to related articles, the Nature Briefing Newsletter, and various sections of the Nature website. It concludes with a sitemap for the Nature website and a copyright notice for Springer Nature Limited. 3. Finally Getting Two's Compliment from Neugierig.org The article, Finally Getting Two's Compliment, is a personal blog post by an anonymous author on Neugierig.org. The author shares their newfound understanding of Two's Compliment, a method used by computers to represent negative numbers. The author begins by explaining how unsigned integers work, using a circular diagram to illustrate the concept. In this model, counting upwards moves clockwise around the circle, while counting downwards moves in reverse. The circle wraps around at 0xff, the maximum value a byte can hold, back to 0. This point is referred to as the overflow point, where the math breaks have crossed. The author then introduces the concept of signed integers, using the same circular model but interpreting the hex bit patterns as 2's complement signed integers. The bit patterns from 0 by 80 up to 0xff now represent negative numbers. The author highlights the neat property of this layout, the same rotation rule works, even across the negative slash positive boundary. This means that addition and subtraction can be performed on an arbitrary number in memory without knowing whether it's representing a signed or unsigned number. The author also points out that in this representation, it's easy to tell whether a number is negative because they all have the highest bit set. Additionally, positive numbers still look the same as they do in unsigned representation. To remember how to compute the bit pattern for a negative signed integer, the author suggests a simple trick, you need negative 0 to equal 0. If you bitwise flip 0, you get 0xff, so you need to add 1 to produce 0 again. In conclusion, the author's newfound understanding of 2's complement provides a clear and intuitive explanation of how computers represent negative numbers. This understanding not only simplifies the concept but also makes it easier to remember and apply. The significance of this article lies in its ability to demystify a complex concept in computer science. By providing a clear, intuitive explanation of 2's complement, the author empowers readers to better understand and engage with the inner workings of computers. This understanding is crucial for anyone involved in programming or computer science, as it underpins many fundamental operations. 4. Intermittent fasting is as effective as counting calories, new study finds from NPR.org. The article discusses a study that found intermittent fasting, specifically time-restricted eating, to be as effective as counting calories for weight loss. The study, led by Krista Verity, a professor of nutrition at the University of Illinois Chicago, involved 90 adults with obesity who were assigned to either a time-restricted eating group, a calorie-counting group, or a control group. The results showed no significant difference in weight loss between the time-restricted eating and calorie-counting groups. The study also found that time-restricted eating led to a natural calorie restriction, possibly due to less time to eat. The article emphasizes the importance of dietary counseling and support in weight loss efforts and highlights the challenges of calorie counting. It also quotes Dorothy Sears, a professor of nutrition at Arizona State University, who suggests avoiding nighttime eating and states that the study shows time-restricted eating is as effective as calorie counting. Part 9, Startup News 1. We raised a bunch of money from Fly.io. Penned by Kurt Mackey, the CEO of Fly.io, the article announces the company's recent successful fundraising rounds. Fly.io, a platform that optimizes app performance, raised $25 million from A16Z, Intel Capital, Dell, and others in July, 
followed by an additional $70 million led by EQT Ventures. Mackey explains that the primary reason for the announcement is to attract customers. He acknowledges that some customers are more comfortable engaging with a company that has demonstrated financial backing. The article then delves into the company's vision and the problem it aims to solve. Fly.io believes that apps perform better when they run closer to their users. However, the company found that while some apps, like game servers, require global deployment, others, like online bookstores, do not. The challenge lies in making edge deployment easy and accessible for all apps, not just those that require it. Fly.io's solution is to provide the right platform and toolchain to enable apps to run fast globally. The company has developed Fly Machines, which simplifies the process of spinning up a VM. The funds raised will be used to build a hardware fleet, expand to all regions, and improve support and reliability. The company also plans to invest in advanced storage, security capabilities, and new kinds of hardware. Despite the influx of capital, Mackey assures that the company's ethos will remain the same. Fly.io aims to be a platform that is easy to use, accessible, and supports a wide range of programming languages. Analysis Fly.io's successful fundraising rounds underscore the growing interest in edge computing and its potential to enhance app performance. The company's focus on making edge deployment easy and accessible could democratize the benefits of this technology, allowing a broader range of apps to improve their performance and user experience. However, the challenge lies in execution. Building a platform that simplifies complex processes, while maintaining reliability and support, is no small feat. The company's commitment to remaining user-friendly and accessible amidst this growth is commendable and will likely be a key factor in its success. Overall, this development is significant not just for Fly.io, but for the broader tech industry, as it signals a shift towards more distributed computing and the potential for more apps to leverage this technology. 2. Valve is not willing to publish games with AI-generated content anymore? From old.reddit.com. The link in question leads to a Reddit post on the subreddit r slash igamadev. However, the content of the post is inaccessible due to a restriction placed by Reddit on the number of requests from a single user or bot. This is a measure taken by Reddit to prevent abuse and maintain the integrity of their platform. The message advises the user to change their browser's user agent string if they are not a bot but are being mistaken for one. It also reminds developers to respect Reddit's API access rules to avoid such restrictions. As such, it's impossible to provide a detailed summary or analysis of the original content intended by the post's title. Valve is not willing to publish games with AI. The title suggests a discussion or information about Valve's policy on AI in games, but without access to the actual content, any further interpretation would be purely speculative. 3. Kagi raises $670,000 from blog.kagi.com. Penned by Vladimir Prelovats, the article announces that Kagi, a company aiming to humanize the web, has successfully raised $670,000 in a safe note investment round. This marks their first external fundraise, made possible by 42 accredited investors, many of whom are Kagi users themselves. The funds raised will be used to accelerate new and existing product initiatives. A portion will also be allocated to offering new and enhanced product benefits for Kagi's members. The company hints at an exciting surprise in the works, yet to be announced. Kagi acknowledges the long-term nature of their mission, likening it to a marathon rather than a sprint. They aim to alter entrenched societal habits, such as the reliance on personal data as currency for essential online activities. Their business model emphasizes aligning incentives between Kagi and their user community, with the goal of granting unbridled access to humanity's collective, unbiased knowledge. In conclusion, Kagi expresses gratitude for the support and trust placed in them by their community, 
and looks forward to ensuring a more humane web for all. Analysis. This announcement signifies a significant milestone for Kagi, demonstrating both financial support from investors and a strong user base. The funds raised will likely enable Kagi to further develop their products and services, potentially disrupting the current web landscape by prioritizing user privacy and unbiased access to information. However, the success of their mission will depend on their ability to effectively challenge deeply ingrained internet habits and the dominant business models of the web. 4. Bill C-18, Google to remove news links in Canada over online news law from tfnews.ca. The article discusses Google and Meta's decision to remove Canadian news from their platforms due to the Online News Act, or Bill C-18, which mandates digital giants to pay media outlets for shared or repurposed content. Google plans to remove news links from its search engine, Google News, and Google Discover for Canadian publishers and readers, and end Google News Showcase in Canada. Meta also plans to remove news in Canada from its platforms. The law aims to create new government oversight for digital giants who dominate the online advertising market. Another article discusses the termination of a contract between Meta and the Canadian press due to the Online News Act. The contract had allowed Meta to support the hiring of emerging journalists at the National Newswire Service. Despite the termination, CP's existing contracts with Meta Fellows will be honoured, and the Newswire agency will continue to pursue a variety of revenue sources to support its journalism work. The text also includes various news articles and opinion pieces from tfnews.ca, discussing topics such as the Alberta election, a controversy surrounding the Canadian passport, and the fall from grace of Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino. Top stories include the death of a firefighter battling a wildfire in the Northwest Territories, a record-breaking wildfire season in Canada, a fatal gondola crash at the Montremblant Resort in Quebec, and a deadly bus crash near Carberry, Manitoba. In world news, the text reports on an interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin, a passenger who had to take control of a small airplane and crash-landed on Martha's Vineyard, and the discovery of a human remains trade connected to Harvard Medical School. In Canadian politics, a survey finds that most Canadians oppose government funding of newsrooms due to concerns over journalistic independence. The Bank of Canada staff received $26.7 million in bonuses and raises in 2022 while the bank was trying to discourage consumer spending through multiple interest rate hikes. In health news, a clinical trial in Australia found that ketamine can effectively treat severe depression. The shortage of family doctors in Canada is affecting patients and the healthcare system. In the SciTech section, the article discusses new technology that could make preventing, monitoring, and extinguishing wildfires faster and less destructive. Meta's new social media platform Threads is collecting massive amounts of sensitive data on its users, raising concerns among experts. In entertainment news, actress, singer, and style icon Jane Birkin has died in Paris at age 76. 6. Databricks strikes $1.3 billion deal for generative AI startup Mosaic ML from WSJ.com. The text provides a comprehensive overview of the Wall Street Journal's website, detailing various sections, subsections, authors, and multimedia content available. The sections cover a wide range of topics, from world news and politics to business and real estate, each further divided into subsections. The website also offers a variety of multimedia content, including podcasts and videos, as well as interactive content like puzzles. The text also lists several authors who contribute to the various sections. Additionally, the website features a variety of resources for C-suite professionals and sections dedicated to space, science, and technology. The text also includes links to popular articles, videos, and podcasts, and various Wall Street Journal membership options and programs. Part 10. Fun. 1. 
The Deep Sea from Neil.Fun. The article The Deep Sea on Neil Agarwal's website is an interactive exploration of the ocean depths, featuring a wide variety of sea creatures and interesting facts about them. The article discusses deep sea creatures like the goblin shark, sea angels, scaly foot snail, anglerfish, and giant tube worms, and phenomena like hydrothermal vents. It also lists numerous other deep sea creatures, discusses the average depth of the ocean, and mentions notable deep sea occurrences like the sinking of the Titanic and the deepest diving mammals. The article concludes with the story of Jacques Picard and Don Walsh. 2. Honda Monkey Breaks World Record Covering 4,183 km on Single Tank from AdPulse.com Unfortunately, the content of this article is inaccessible due to a security block by Cloudflare. The block appears to have been triggered by an action perceived as a potential online attack. The specific details of the article, including its main points and significance, cannot be summarized or analyzed at this time. The URL provided leads to a Cloudflare error page, not to the intended article titled Honda Monkey Breaks World Record Covering 4,183 km on Single Tank on the website adpulse.com. 3. Cooklong, Recipe Markup Language from Cooklong.org Cooklong is a markup language designed specifically for recipes. It's a project that aims to simplify personal recipe management, streamline shopping routines, and make cooking more enjoyable. The Cooklong ecosystem is built around the concept of human-readable text files for recipes, with no databases involved, giving users complete control over their information. The Cooklong system works by creating a recipe file where each line is a step in the recipe. Ingredients are tagged with it and, and then the file is saved. To view these recipes, users can install a recipe viewer. The Cook CLI program for Mac and Linux provides a web server for presenting your recipes, viewable with any web browser. There's also an iOS app for iPad and iPhone that allows users to read recipe files directly from iCloud. The Cook CLI command line program provides a suite of tools to create shopping lists and maintain recipes. It's designed to be simple and useful for automating your cooking and shopping routine with existing Unix command line and scripting tools. It can also function as a web server for your recipes, making them browsable on any device with a web browser. The Cooklong system also includes a mobile app, currently iOS only, to assist users while cooking, shopping, and meal planning. The app connects to your recipe storage, allowing you to open a recipe and start cooking. In essence, Cooklong is a tool that brings the power of coding to the kitchen, making recipe management and meal planning a more streamlined and efficient process. The significance of Cooklong lies in its potential to revolutionize the way we manage and interact with recipes. By leveraging the principles of coding, it offers a new level of organization and automation that could make cooking more accessible and enjoyable for many people. It's a fascinating example of how coding principles can be applied outside of traditional tech contexts. 4. Cubism, a number puzzle game from Cubism.com Cubism is a number puzzle game designed to challenge your logic and strategy skills. The game, accessible via Cubism.com, offers both single-player and multiplayer modes, allowing you to either take on the challenges alone or engage with friends. The objective of Cubism is to match all the numbers on the boxes. Players can click or tap on a box to increment its value and the numbers of its neighboring boxes. The boxes can have five different values, from 0 to 4, representing how many times the box has been clicked. The game also offers a variety of modes, including a public multiplayer mode where you can compete with players from across the world, and a private multiplayer mode where you can invite friends to join. The creators of Cubism are open to feedback and can be reached via email at info at cubism.com. The website also features a leaderboard, showcasing the top players based on time taken and number of moves.
In terms of significance, Cubism offers a unique blend of logic and strategy, providing a stimulating mental exercise. It also fosters a sense of community through its multiplayer modes, encouraging interaction and competition among players. The game's simplicity and accessibility make it a compelling choice for those seeking a challenging yet enjoyable pastime. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to HackerCast.